everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Friends Talking Nerdy. This is Tim Jowsma, and with me, I have the holiest of holies. I have the Reverend Tracy. How are you doing? I'm doing swell. Another day in paradise of this lovely time, uh, this day of the pandemic that our Lord has given us. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. That's good. All right, now, um, this episode here is a special one because this is the first one that we are putting up on our Patreon page. Um, it, yeah, the, the, I've had other reasons to not take care of that as much as I should have, but 2021, I'm, I want to put some more content up on Patreon to actually make it worthwhile for uh, people to actually uh, listen. So um, folks on Patreon are getting a chance to listen to this episode first, but these series of episodes that we're going to do will be put on our main page but what we want to do right now is um do what we've done on our regular show and kind of do it in terms of reviewing something and ha and make it its own thing here so what we decided is we're going to start off by reviewing season four of the television show big mouth now before we dive into everything how did you discover big mouth Oh, man. So I am a pretty big John Mulaney flan fan. Flan. I'm good talking good. I'm a flan. <laughs> I do like flan. Like, side note, it's delicious. Um, <laughs> but I'm a big John Mulaney fan. And John Mulaney did attempt to have a show, a live action one. Um, and it had, oh, God, it was another big comedian. But they laugh tracked it. It was bad. Um, so when I found out he was involved in an animated project, I'm like, yes, yes, I could see John Mulaney's goofy, dorky fucking voice just doing so well in a show about awkward growing up puberty stuff that everybody experiences but nobody talks about. Mm -hmm. um, so I really I fell in love with the concept of the show immediately. Uh, I, I think it's great that we're covering it. I think it's awesome that we're talking about periods because I think it's really stupid that like yeah like you know what if if you, I, I get that a lot of people don't go through them but it's dumb that i know more about like nocturnal emissions and like you know wet dreams for dudes like i've known more about like what's been covered on the boys side of the show right. than most men seem to know about like what's been covered just about jesse's period like, which I think says something very fundamental about our culture. So there's a lot of reasons I glammed onto the show. The primary was, you know, John Mulaney. And then when I found out it's about untabooing a topic, oh, my God, it's my favorite. Like, I love it. And then Nick Kroll being involved, he's also really funny. And then, like, there's other there's other people in there, like guest people and uh, other comedians involved that really just got me excited about it. So I've been a watcher of it since the first season. Um, I, I was very happy to see John Mulaney find a good regular home where he can be appreciated and it, it's going well for him. So what about right. you? What got you? Because I thought at one point we had talked about Big Mouth and it was like not your thing. And I, I can totally be open to remembering that wrong. But I, I wanted to say we had talked about it at one point. And it was like no for you for some reason. But I could be um. Well, I know when it first came out, um, it, my friend Karen introduced me to it, and I watched it, and I just, it didn't work for me at that particular time. But some some things 
I need to ruminate on. I need to let it simmer and, and, and boil over. Like, um, you know, another, you know, for music that was like the who, when I first heard the who I didn't like them, but I gave it a chance. I gave it a few chances and then, and then, I got it. And, and, and for me, um, it was, you know, watch, I, I didn't like it at first until I fell in love with Lola. <laughs> Just as she's really like the Ralph Wiggum of the show. And I, I love characters like Lola or Butters um, or, or Ralph or, or something like that. And just, uh, it, it just those crazy, um, like there was a thing she did in the first season, like where, you know, uh, where she was talking about like uh, to somebody like you can't get these and she's pointing at Devin or these and she's pointing at herself as well as well like her chest and whatnot and just the, the yeah. reaction on her face was just like you're missing out and and just I, I, once I gave it a chance at that point and and then you know hearing uh, Maya Rudolph as Connie the hormone monster she's fucking amazing i love maya rudolph i absolutely adore her she is comic gold i so far everything she's been in even um uh idiocracy because she was in idiocracy she was great she was rita the prostitute yeah (laughs) and people forget that that's that's her yeah that's where I discovered her, because um, I, I mean, I'd stopped watching Saturday Night Live in the mid '90s, so I, I, you know, I can't tell you, you know, who's been on that show apart from maybe some of the big names like a Tina Fey or a Will Ferrell. Um, Polar, so, yeah. I, whatever but um you know still um it yeah she she was great and just overall a lot of these performances ha- have been some of the funniest i've seen like jordan peele is duke ellington uh, he's funny you know but um what we wanted to do here is uh with season four go episode by episode talk not only about the show but as well as some of the themes uh that the, that the each individual episode brings up because to tracy's point um the the big focus on on big mouth has been honestly tackling these topics that have been taboo for the longest time and you know what better way to do that than on a podcast we're here. Yay, we're here. All right. Season uh, four, episode one, The New Me. Um, th- did I remember correctly in your notes? Did you have a little summary for the episode? Um, I did pull it up. So I didn't, that way I figured we could just share. So the first episode, The New Me, uh, the little synopsis is at sleepaway camp, Jesse befriends her trans cabin mate, and Nick discovers his two best friends have a little too much in common. Um, and there's actually a lot going on in this episode, more than sometimes that synopsis gives, because, uh, you know, and they, and I think you had written this as a positive, too. I love that they started off with, like, a song just to really catch you up. Yes. Um, and it gets to that point. And I love that they included this episode because it's doing the summer rather than just sticking to the school year and summer just being this time where these characters just exist in a stasis. Right. So we got to follow the drama immediately to summer camp, which both of the boys had their big blow up at the end of season three. Um, you know, Nick's kind of a dick. Can I can I point out that Nick's a little bit of a shit heel, And um <laughs> It, it's been implied that he's kind of a selfish dick, like, even with the girl that he was dating with the boobs, and it did the flashback where he's like, you know, if you're sick, Gina, you're right? Home. Yeah, like, Gina. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, he, it's no surprise he's a bit of a dick. So, that, like, kind of came to a head between him and Andrew at the end of season three. And so, when it says, like, discovers his two best friends have too much in common, what it's talking about is his camp best friend, 
who is a temporary character that's only in the first three episodes of the season. And that's, a uh, oh. Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Because it's Seth something, and so it fucked me up. I was like, yeah, but who's the voice? It's Seth Rogen. So you have the lovely Seth Rogen who comes in for a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes right into the how Summer can also add to the complexity of, like, kids' social circle. And, uh, yeah, this season, like, kind of started off hard with that one. So it wasn't so much that his two best friends had too much in common. It's that his just fr- freshly broken up with, in a sense, best friend uh, has a lot in common with his escape best friend, his summer best friend. And so they start bonding more and like Nick feels more like left out. So that synopsis is like kind of funny to me. They left out, you know, kind of the, the, the yeah, subtleties. Yeah, yeah. The subtlety there is that you're going into kind of a, a situation that you got dumped with at the end of season three, which was those two having their big blow up. But uh, yeah. So going right into summer camp, the awkwardness that can be. Yeah, I'd been to camp myself a couple of times, and both experiences were unique, to say the least. Um, uh, did you go I'm, – I'm in Texas, I'm sure you went to a summer camp at least once, right? Oh, yeah, I went to a Girl Scouts camp, and <laughs> then I got told I wasn't allowed to go back to Girl Scout camp <laughs> because they got mad that I kept sneaking into the Boy Scout camp across the lake and putting stink bombs in their cabins. And they never could catch me doing it, but they fucking knew it was me. And to be fair, they were right. I just wouldn't admit to it. <laughs> um, like, to be honest, like, they weren't wrong. They just happened to not have proof. I guess if that case is still open, I've condemned myself. <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is over. I think that's <laughs> over from, like, you know, sixth or seventh grade. But, yeah, uh, we had camp. Um, it wasn't anything like like these things though, because it was I didn't go to camp like through puberty, which is something that gets more into season or episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely didn't have talk of like that was really interesting with the Gabe character who was coming back to camp, but this time would be in the girls' cabin and it has she her pronouns and they introduced it. Uh, so that was interesting because I that's nothing that I would have ever experienced in my time. Like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. Like John Oliver also is a a delight as he is because his voice is just synonymous with comedy now. Like he you hear his voice and you know you're going to laugh because he's going to say something stupid and ridiculous. Like there's the toilet calling my name. Oh, Harry. Oh, Harry. (laughs) Like the way he. The way he talks is great. But uh, so him in there, and it's like, I'm going to take a moment to do this round robin open floor style without consulting Nicole at all. Like, okay, it just <laughs> opens the floor to questions, like, without. And, like, uh, uh, yeah, so that was interesting to, to watch. Cause I, I could see that being a common thing. Like, I've never experienced it, but I could totally see, like, yep, I'm just going to decide that this child is cool enough to answer questions about this. Um so, well, yeah, I, I mean, they did need to address because in a situation like that, I, I, I think it would be I, I, I liked how they did it, because I think people's initial reaction would be similar to what the boys and the girls did when it came to um, the, Natalie. In this case, Natalie uh, was the yeah. new name. Gabe was the dead name. And I, I liked how like they had the boys at, you know, do you pee lying down or sitting up or, you know, do you still do have you a penis? Do you pee lying down? Like, what's your crotch situation look like? <laughs> like, but whoa. The be- 
the, the beauty of what they did, though, is that they didn't make those boys they didn't show them as being bad they didn't condone what they did um and it's very important for them to you know learn that that you know what they did was wrong but it didn't it didn't make them out to intentionally you know look to you know hurt natalie's feelings in this particular case which i I love that it's it's a thin line they had to walk down but they did it expertly there is a difference between curious slash ignorance and being cruel and mean mm-hmm. it's like you know i get she and heard all the time i don't care uh again it's, it's nobody does it to me in a sense where they're being awful about it like uh nobody does it with that feel of like i am just going to ignore your feelings and call you a she or her like and i i love that they did it that way like it was more of Oh, like when kids start asking questions that you think are cute and innocent. Like, I felt like that was very much the energy behind the boys. But I can also see how that can come off very, like, in an invasion and and very insensitive even. Um, even though that wasn't their intent at all. They're just, they're boys and they're curious and they, they're boys and boys ask dumb questions was I felt the feeling they were going for. Like, no different than any other dumb question a kid might ask that would leave an adult chuckling. Um, so yeah, like none of the kids were jerks about it. Like, and I thought it was also interesting how Jesse had her own views. Like, yeah, well, I understand that she's Nicole now, but Nicole was still Gabe last year that called me fire crotch and like made me the subject of everybody's ridicule. Like, cause yeah, it's like how it's that interesting little question they kind of brought up of like, you can dead name somebody, but does that mean that you dead everything? Because that's a hard ask, because if she felt harassed and bullied by this kid the prior year, you know, it's still that person is there, but not. It's well, they're still responsible concept. for their actions, yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. So there is that, like, you don't want to be mean to the trans kid because it just looks like you hate trans. Like, no, I actually don't like that person based on something that human did last year. Like, and I don't yeah. know if that part of that human changed. Well, all right. Let's uh, do what we normally do. Um, we I'd start off with uh, our first question here. Uh, what is the most positive part of the episode for you? Yeah. So uh, for me, it's having Seth Rogen and John Oliver. I, I love when you bring in recognizable voices and recognizable talent. Um, and it's just, it just always fills me with joy. I liked that they dipped into summer. Um, given that the show's kind of whole point is covering the awkward taboo-ness around puberty. Like, it's good to bring up, like, yeah, these kids just, their relationships don't get uncomplicated because of summer. Mm-hmm. Like, summer has its own complexities uh, to the weird socialness that is, like, public school and, like, what the most uh, average child's experience is to their friendships. Let's see. Oh, and they also hit the ground running by introducing my new favorite character. Um, That's something we've talked about is I love the characters they create to represent different elements of like what you go through. And Tito, the anxiety mosquito, uh, just nail on the head. Perfect. I think it's hilarious that Tito is voiced by Maria Bamford. And there is something about her voice that grates me and sometimes causes anxiety for me. So I think it is super appropriate that she is doing like that voice. Uh, Jim Jeffries does a thing with his voice in comedy sometimes too, where he goes really high. 
and uh, it grates me. And Maria Bamford does that every now and then in her stand-up. And that's pretty much what she's doing for Tito the Mosquito. And I was like, yes, this is perfect because that just – she's being shrill but, like, intentionally. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that Tito the Mosquito. Like, I, I had that in my notes. Um, uh, I mean – I have never, and what I wrote is I have never seen anything in entertainment before that best describes anxiety as I have personally experienced it than yeah. than the anxiety mosquitoes in in Big Mouth yeah. because, um, especially with Nick, not only at the end of this episode but in future episodes, how the mosquitoes just keep coming and keep coming and then they swarm them and just anxiety can do that. <laughs> oh yes, anxiety. <laughs> And then I loved, uh, I know this is like later though, because the anxiety mosquitoes come back. Uh, you know, I my prior favorite to this was the depression kitty, and they play off of each other really well later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we get into some of the other stories, as we, we continue and we'll go through this. But uh, yeah, I really, I found it super appropriate. Uh, just nail on the head with that, with that. And I guess, uh, I didn't know this, but Maria Bamford also does the voice of Jesse's counselor. So she, I guess she's a talent on there from time to time, which makes sense because you've kind of got these comedians that run together and that's where you end up with like, that's how you get like Seth Rogen and John Oliver and, you know, all these people that just come in. Um, But yeah, so I kind of like the range of topics. Uh, I did find it interesting, some of the pool stuff, but I think that's more of on the negative side of it, like the, what was going on, like back in town. But as far as the positives, and that also goes into kind of bringing up the transgender topic, I think they handled it well um, overall. Not that the characters handled it well, but that the show handled it well, if that makes sense. Um, They did that well. They did well with the boys, uh, you know, going off to camp and having their complication and how it can just be made so much worse. Because uh, they they went you know pretty quick into Nick having the anxiety mosquitoes, and because uh, I think it was Nick as well as uh, Nicole. Natalie. Think, Natalie. Natalie. Sorry, Natalie. Uh, Natalie. I wrote Nicole on here, which is funny <laughs> because that is uh, my friend's name after their dead name went away their new name was nicole so i was like that's probably why i keep if i keep mistaking that that's probably why but so natalie um yeah because they showed up with natalie whenever you know she was there and addressing the boys and then i'm pretty sure they had already showed up to nick by the end of the first episode as well um yeah cool so those they just hit the ground running with introducing those guys and i think that's awesome uh i'm curious to see because i'm sure they'll they'll continue on because so far, none of them have disappeared except for, well, so far, the uh, oh the menopause witch or whatever. But most of them seem to stick around. So I'm pretty sure we'll see the mosquitoes, you know, even beyond this season. Yeah. Um, any, any other uh, positives you want to bring up? I think that basically covers it. Yeah. Uh, the, the trans topic being handled pretty well. The, the fight between the boys carrying on and actually dipping into summer. Um, and then, of course, our guests. I love the intro of the guests. John Oliver is amazing. I, I, I just want him in everything. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, yeah, the note. I, I, he was the, one of my notes as well. I had uh, John Oliver had some fun with this character. He didn't present the camp counselor as a real character at all. He was essentially playing a more sarcastic version of himself. But I find that when you have someone as gifted at line delivery as John Oliver, a uh, John Oliver work, the results are always going to be entertaining. You know, like the Oh Harry line. I mean, oh Harry. Yeah, just the toilet. Uh, uh, the toilet calling his name. Oh, heavy. Yeah, yeah. And, and he did the same thing when he was on Rick and Morty. And I know that's not a show that you're into, but he was in Anatomy Park. And it's mm-hmm. like he was this amoeba scientist guy. And he was great for that, too. Like, he just has such a distinct voice. And he's usually, I believe he is one of those that tends to ad lib. And they end up keeping some of the cuts of him, like, working a line or something. Because he's mm-hmm. also improv background. But, um, yeah, I just, I think he's great and everything. And I loved him, like, in Community. Uh, he's just a really funny guy. And so bringing him in at all is great. But I just, I feel like he's always him. Just, he's pretending to be him if he had that job instead of his actual job. Uh, so it's that like, is how yeah. John Oliver believes he would be if he were a camp counselor. Well, you know? <laughs> he's, he's as good of an actor as uh, David Letterman was in the movie Cabin Boy. I mean, you knew it was David Letterman. David Letterman was really playing himself, even though he was an old fisherman uh, in that story. But a uh, different story for a different day here. But um, I'll go through my notes here. Um, uh, like you mentioned, I did uh, enjoy the opening montage of the events from season three, because I believe there was a bit of a delay between season three and season four. And um, th- it was a creative way to kind of bridge that gap because you know because of the distance between the shows i'm sure a lot of people um you know probably forgot you know some of the big storylines or season four could have been somebody's first you know first uh foray into big mouth so having that that opener uh was a nice way to kind of you know get everybody up to speed in a quick but entertaining way Um, like props for them for their songs they actually do really good song work like it's not based around it because it's not a musical show but when they do a song like they've also done like life is a fucked up mess and uh you know even the funnier ones i want to do sex on a lady like with coach steve like they do really good songs when they do them and i think they knocked it out of the park uh doing a recap song like because you know you you could fail a recap song but they just they delivered like they do with every song they've done so far like so far pretty sure if i rewatch every episode and i will totally if i binge this i I will openly admit to it if i find one but i'm pretty sure i've enjoyed pretty much every song routine they've done um and this they did great with it so even if you just went on got the catch-up like just go find that youtube video and just see what we're talking about (laughs) yeah i mean i i i'm not gonna say i've been blown away by every single song they've done but i haven't exactly cringed or wanted to fast forward through a song Exactly. And I think that's hard to pull off, especially when your show isn't based around being a musical because it just feels so unnatural and forced. But I love it because they take it as an opportunity usually to break that barrier and to break the fourth wall and just be like, yeah, we're just going to sing some shit at you because we decided that's how we're delivering this message. Like, <laughs> And so that's how they decided to recap. It's like, we're just going to sing it at you and this is how we're doing it. And they did it and they did it well. That they did, that they did. Um, another note I had, um, my Rudolph is just fucking amazing as Connie. A couple of my favorite lines were near the beginning of the episode of, that is not, this boy's delightful. And uh, that don't look like a mongoose, that just looks like a child's dick. Welcome back, bitches! <laughs> you know? Just uh, her, her, her delight, she can make anything sound funny. I mean, it could 
you could put the phone book in her hands, have her read the phone book, and it, it would be entertaining as hell. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, something else I had. I dug how Jessie, in a realistic way at the beginning of the show, showed how self-conscious she was by adjusting her personality based on who she was around um, at the beginning, like at the beginning when she tried to feign interest in the city girls in order yeah. to get them to like her. Um, it was relatable. Um, I, you know, I've... No, I've done that before. I'm sure you've probably done it and seen it happen before. Um, it, yeah, it it was well done. It didn't seem like sitcommy forced. Um, yeah, they they hit the topic of passing without openly calling it passing, because that is in essence what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's trying to pass in a situation, and you know. Later themes will go into the actual official code switching term and how, like, that's another form of kind of passing as something else, too. But, yeah, she immediately goes into, like, this weird submission where even she's like, what the, what am I saying? And I think it was her hormone monster. It was kind of like, you need to stop talking. Like, <laughs> just, just what are you, what are you even saying right now? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what else did I have? Uh <laughs> You'll be the second person I've drowned um, from Lola <laughs> when she's fighting Jay in the pool. Um, I love, yeah, I mean, Jay just speaks out of touch, like your body. You're just like a triangle-shaped body. That's like the strongest. You're <laughs> trying to explain logically why she should be on the bottom. <laughs> but I'm a girl, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Such, and then some of the other lines on the show, like, not as many people sucking their dad's dick around here these days. <laughs> my notary republic, or what What did he... Notary my, pubic. My notary pubic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the stupid penis jokes with Maury. Like, I love yeah. that he has a penis for everything and the dumb little side penis jokes, like, and how they're, like, kind of critters, but they're also kind of, like, little people sometimes. And yeah. so it was a little people penis this time that had, like, a voice and, yeah. It was like, pepper, it was like the Pepperidge Farm guy, you know, Pepperidge Farm yeah. knows. <laughs> yeah, it was very chill. Some of some of his penis are very chill and some of them are very rambunctious and we just tell him he looks special. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, so Maury, Maury came in out strong with his dicks again. That he did. Um, I love. It was only a short cameo, but I loved the cameo from Rick, the hormone monster. Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know. I know. I think Rick became an unsuspected favorite. Uh, I think that's why they are bringing him a little bit more back. Um, I think that's the only reason he's still around and kept popping up. Is that what are you gonna do? Like I say that all the fucking time. Like, oh, same I, here. Same here. Yeah, like I'll just be like, we'll be talking to the kids, just like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Rick has influenced my life, is what I'm saying. So and, I'm, and the, I'm happy. Yeah, and he has such joy on what are you gonna do? So you know, the biggest yeah. smile on his face. I I love his eternal optimism. I um, know, and I'm I'm glad that he's he's in it, and so I was happy to see him around too. So I would mark that as a positive because he's a good one. Meanwhile, it's like. You know, I know we'll get to the negative parts, but we've already brought up Lola, and I've got a weird love-hate relationship with Lola and Steve at this point. So uh, I, I love it double that they're bringing back a character that I didn't feel like got enough attention because I like Rick. 
Yeah. Um, a couple of my other notes. Um, I did enjoy the subplot of Andrew and Seth becoming friends. Um, I mean, it brought me back to uh, grade school. Like I had, uh, it, like from third grade to sixth grade, I mean, uh, this kid named Eric were best friends. But in sixth grade, when a new kid moved in um, from uh, Zaire of all places, uh, he became friend, friends with my friend Eric, and then I instantly hated him and just it, it got so bad that like him and I almost got into a fist fight one time but it was only because i was a jealous little bitch and you know i I, seeing that in this episode brought me back to exactly to when i was a kid and it was just so well done so well done and you had to pick right like that's the whole thing like these messages that we get taught early like passively through our culture it's not like somebody sat you down one day and said now one day somebody's gonna step up on your friend and you're allowed to hate that motherfucker like (laughs) nobody ever taught you that it's just something that is in our culture and because children replicate the adults we're we're seeing it in our adults that we're like hey you survived so i should totally replicate stuff that you do and the bad things that we get with that is like some of the stuff like this So, yeah, like those little complicated things happen so much younger than we think they do. And it's like I I think I mentioned before I could have a whole probably nerd off tangent on why I dislike public school. And I think honestly, Big Mouth accidentally touches on a lot of it. So uh, but yeah, like that weird possessive of like you can't be friends with him. Like that was what got Nick's head. Right. Was that. Andrew was going to, like, tell him what a piece of shit he was. So it got that possessiveness early. His red flags were up early that, like, I need to make this person make a choice, you know? Oh, and two, um, and I know I've done this uh, plenty of times, that thing where um, they were in the cabin, it was Seth and Andrew were on the bed talking, and then Nick saw them talking and then, like, convinced himself that he had to go, like, kind of interrupt them in a way. But in his head, he was just like, I'm just going to try and redirect this so my friend and I can, can, Seth can hang out. But it turned into him yelling at both uh, Seth and Andrew. Just, I've been... I've been in I've been in that I've been in his shoes that you know like you you want to have things peaceful but your brain just does something else completely fucking different (laughs) yes yes that Mm -hmm. that very reactionary brain because you know children um are not taught to you know get their emotions I mean there's some that are helping you know there's one uh, program that my stepson really likes on the tablet we have here for him mm-hmm. that my little dude it's a uh, like monster breathing you you do belly breaths with this monster and so there's slowly becoming more awareness on this but yeah we're, we're not exactly giving a lot of training on how to man emotions and there's still a lot of our culture that seems to be down with like letting people's like succumb to emotions and that being some kind of excuse to be a piece of shit in a moment. And I'm like, or it just means maybe you should work on your reactionary skills. Like maybe you should work on not reacting so violently to things that you do shit that you regret. Um, So again, it goes into that kids copy behavior. Mm -hmm. So when you have a bunch of adults that have like gone on and have all this kind of toxicity where we have possession over people, possession over friends, possession over partners too. Um, there's that way of looking at it where you have your person and they are with you and they better be with just you. Uh, and that kind of gets extended to our best friendships because that's what we have before we have romance. So it's interesting to watch as kids go through puberty and it starts like tearing it apart. Like that possessiveness like starts tearing you up. 
Yep. And the last thing I had is I really enjoyed the beginning of Jay and Lola's relationship. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Jay, but um, Lola, who it, I would have to say is probably my favorite character uh, on the show this season or, or period, um, you know, just I, I they work together, you know, for even though I'm not a big fan of the Jay character, him and Lola together just work and you know I, I i felt like at the end um you know when they're digging the pool and then she you know jumps up with the shovel and knocks out both his brothers you know that was fucking amazing. yes see and this can kind of feed a little bit into the next question too so i know we're gonna get to the negative part because that's kind of mm-hmm. my point with her is she and steve both will have moments where they redeem themselves i'm like yes you still need to be part of the show but I was a little worried uh, when it just hit so strong with Steve and Lola at the pool that I'm like, please don't, please don't overdo. Cause I feel like I think it was season two. Like I just want Steve to fucking go away. Like I, I can't remember if I think it was two, I'd have to rewatch two and three to remember, but it was either two or three where it was just, they, they weigh way too much Steve, uh-huh. like to the point where it was just annoying. And I don't want them to do that with Lola too. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about the Lola J relationship because <laughs> there's a point where it's like those characters exist because they're based off of those kids. And like, yes, I can recall there being like the kid that kind of like, I think this kid's his own hormone monster. Like, <laughs> like we're, you know, just fucking yeah. J like that, that dysfunctional fucking household too. Cause by the way, like there's some other like things that's still not being talked about. That's totally still happening in this show. And I am not going to be surprised at all if they don't end up covering that. Because you've got Jay, who is very much in a neglect situation. And this isn't like the same neglect situation like when I was a kid and it was considered somewhat acceptable to let your kid run the town. Like, yeah, it's interesting to me that they they keep bringing up that this is not a good home situation, but they haven't done anything about it yet. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I'm curious if they will. But I don't know those two. Those two together, um, I wasn't sure about this one playing out. But I did think it was funny that Lola just fucking decked him, and yeah. like you're both kicked out of the pool for the year. And it's like you ruined my summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just her line delivery uh, throughout. But yeah, let's go on to the next question here. What is the most negative part of the episode for you? What do you have in your notes? Um, so I already mentioned, like, I don't, I, I was like, Jesus, I don't know about this Lola and Jay thing. Because uh-huh. Jay is one of those, like, I, I don't fully get some of the stuff with his character. Um, yeah, he, he grates me. And I, I don't fully understand why. There's not a lot of redeeming factor for him. Um, I'm waiting for him to have payout, I guess. Right. I'm questioning if that's going to happen. So I don't know about pairing him with Lola. Um, I do agree with you. Lola's got some great one-liners, and they do lead to some funny stuff, like over the the season. Cause, you know, I, I binged it all, so I've I've watched all of it already. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it leads to some good stuff. But I just I that that coupling didn't know how necessary it was. Like the two <laughs> weird kids getting together. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing was probably my least favorite new character is Milk. Oh fuck Milk. No. 
like yeah, uh, fuck, I just I don't I get what they're kind of I I I kind of get what they were going for. I think like Milk is just that he's Milk. He's that kid. It was just weird that wound up at your summer camp. You don't know him outside of that, other than he's just a fucking weird kid, and everybody ends up picking on him. And then like, yeah, I he never ends up paying out, in my opinion. Like I kind of get what he was supposed to represent. I just didn't feel like they did anything with him that made him necessary, and I felt like they that was the immediate impression, even from the first episode. Yeah. Anything else? No, that is that is it for the negative parts. Just the the weird, yeah, and Steve, Coach Steve, and his weird stuff, and it's too much Steve. I'm still needing a little bit of a break from Steve. I think. Yeah, he didn't need to be in this episode at all. Um, I mean, uh, one of the notes here was I didn't need to see his nipples. Um, they had that visual gag uh, <laughs> with his nipples looking like roasted pepperoni. Um, I didn't like this. Uh, Seth Rogen plays a character named Seth Goldberg uh, in the character uh, in the show. Um, it was just annoying. Um, admittedly, I, I, I think my reaction admittedly is just more personal bias against Seth Rogen. I'm not a Seth Rogen fan. I don't dislike him like I do Will Ferrell, but I, I just... What he does, I don't find funny. That doesn't mean he's not funny, but it's just not for me. So, I, you know, when he was on screen, eh, I didn't care. Um, Jay, least favorite character so far. Um, I just don't like him. Um, and I think, too, it is it, part of it, I think, is because they're not addressing some of the severe stuff that he's dealing with at home. And, they're yeah. just, you know, because it, it, it's like he has this optimism about life but he's also got like brothers who routinely torture him the mother who encourages it um he's hypersexual at a young age which i guess with uh you know i guess kids at that young age if they're that hypersexual that indicates that you got some hardcore sexual abuse going on and stuff like that just there's so much going on with him that the other characters are not dealing with that yeah they need to address that at some point in order to redeem it other Otherwise, why give Jay that horrific home life? Yeah, and they keep reminding us of it and not doing anything about it. And it kind of goes back, like, talking about that song and other things that we don't talk about on this show. Is like, nothing happened to that teacher that, like, harassed Lola and them. And that's another complex topic. So it's interesting, the, the taboo topics, they are untabooing. But the other taboo topics that are still very much happening but still nobody is talking about. And I think that is just as notable as talking mm-hmm. about the stuff they do talk about. Because, yeah, they're pulling no punches. Jay is in what would be considered a neglect abuse situation in today's standards. This is not taking place in the 80s. This is not like F is for Family where it's taking place in the 70s. This is supposed to be now. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do with these topics in the background. Um I want them to cover them somehow, but Jay, it's like, okay, I, they bring it up enough that it's just like, are we going to do something about this or no? Like, I actually had hope in the last season that he was going to get adopted. Like, it seemed like somebody was starting to notice something was wrong with this child's life, but then it's just been dropped again. Yeah, like so, when he was hanging out with Nick's family while they were at camp, and yeah, and they—I mean—they really do have to because if they don't address this, then they don't 
then she really has no purpose except to just be creepy. And, you know, what, if they're going to untaboo the – the, the 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 puberty stuff why not yeah. also deal with the, ta- the, the the taboo of a kid going through puberty who's also being abused you know be- right. because i mean i know their instinct is probably going to be can we get humor out of an abused child situation um but they've got humor some, from some pretty dark stuff already and they've been success- very successful at it because they've been very honest with it if they are honest with it showcasing that the that the actions of his brothers and his parents are vile and evil and deal with that you know then then maybe my opinion on jay jay can change but as of right now um yeah it's just his character his character doesn't make me comfortable maybe that's the point maybe i mean because they got at least three more seasons to get to go based on the last contract that they signed so they could always address this but um and i hope they do because otherwise they're making somebody funny based on personality traits that are also associated with kids in an abusive situation it goes back to the hypersexuality it goes back to how he is and like how quick he is to violence how quick he is to outbursts and they keep making a joke of it and i just don't necessarily want it to hang as abused kids are funny yeah not that that's their intent i just want them to do something more with the topic than like yeah like sure it seems funny but he's got some horrific things going on at home um and i i do i want them to cover that yeah yeah, like, isn't it hilarious that his brothers make him d- do the circle jerk cracker thing? Ha, 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 funny, funny. No. Yeah, they That's... try to pee on him, and, like, yeah, like, I just, I need more done with the character for him to have a payout for me. And I, I hope they do, and I guess the more that they just keep bringing up the obvious neglect sitch he's in and doing nothing with it, the more it's like, is this character just going to move away one day? Like, <laughs> like, are they just going to not, or are they just going to constantly bring up that they are in this situation and that the only thing they're willing to cover about it is that it makes him particularly funny and hypersexual? When the other characters are treated with some modicum of reality, you know, I mean, even though yeah. it is a cartoon, it's a hyper version of reality, um, you know, as far as the, the, the character interactions in a school, it is being treated as uh, realistic and whatnot. But, yes. um, yeah, let me go on my list here. I got uh, one note. I had some of the gags on the show, like the monkeys in the pool and you two at the pool were too corny even for me and i love a good corny joke it was the, just like, and i looped that in with the steve isms by the way that's what i mean with yeah. too much steve like because it was stupid steve jokes and i'm right there with you it's like that's when they're doing too much steve and they need to stop it yes yeah it was just yeah get it <laughs> stupid uh, corny jokes the they're not even good enough to be called dad jokes jokes and those are steve jokes <laughs> exactly um, I put uh, the show seemed to drag at times for me. Um, the best example uh, is during the episode is when Natalie is introduced to the other girls and they have that fantasy about dressing her up. Um, and I get what they were trying to go for for the scene. It just felt like stuff like that was just there to kind of pad the episode. And that's another thing, too. It felt like the episode was like 47 minutes long and it was really only like 27 minutes, slightly longer than a regular sitcom. But it felt like it went on for a lot longer and it was just little scenes that felt they were expanded a little too much i think they could have done some editing yeah. uh jay's dog is weird 
it has some funny lines, but just like I think the big thing for his dog in this episode was woof, woof, pool, pool. I think I'm going to be the one responsible for cleaning the pool. Yes, and I actually do like that character for that because I think he is per- he's used the perfect amount. Uh, they don't overdo. God, what's that dog's name? Like featuring uh, something featuring Ludacris or something like that. Like the dog's full name is something really silly. But um, I, I think they actually use that dog well. And it always starts off with the bark, woof, pool, pool. <laughs> I feel like oh, I'm going to be the one maintaining the pool. Like it's, <laughs> But in reality, this dog is just like barking mad crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think they're going for like a, a, what's the dog's name from Married with Children? But the, the dog from Married but, with Children. Not Bud. Uh, Bud was the son, yeah. I mean, you get my point, though. That yeah. dog was, that dog had its own personality, and the audience heard its inner monologue. But, you know, to everybody else, it was just a dog. But it, 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 they were funny, but just sometimes when they put in jokes about that dog, it's just at the most odd times, and it doesn't always hit right with me. So I for this episode, I put it in the negative, even though I can get some laughs from that character. Um, and the bit at the end with Nick um, finally encountering the anxiety mosquitoes, it felt tacked on. Honestly, I think the episode would have ended better with Jay and Lola kissing. You know, if they had ended the episode there, I, maybe I wouldn't have that complaint of it feeling too long, because it felt like the episode ended with Jay and Lola, and then you had just and another thing, and yeah. it, it just it just felt like there was no point for that. Um, and if I had to have a least favorite character, it's Milk. He's lazy. It's a two dimensional character. I get that the show's not a documentary, but they put a lot of effort into these other characters. Even someone like Jay has a lot more depth to him than Milk does. Milk there is there for the simple, ha-ha, ain't the geeky kid with glasses, stupid, let's laugh at him. Yeah, this is the kid that just gets made fun of for no reason other than he's an awkward kid. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they didn't go anywhere with it in this episode and um you know when he when milk has his final episode we can talk about his whole experience at that particular time but um just fuck milk i you know i'm glad he got his ass kicked in this episode he needed it kicked more often but just yeah anyway this episode would you recommend it oh yeah definitely um Mostly because, like I said, the anxiety mosquitoes are great. And since they were introduced in this episode, for sure, uh, you know, I wound up sitting and watching and binging the whole season. So I recommend this episode. I recommend all the episodes. I recommend the other seasons. If you could somehow magically edit out Coach Steve in some spots, it would be better. <laughs> but uh, you know what? They can, they can have their Coach Steve. It's still worth it overall. It's good show and i i think they handle things really well and introduction of like the anxiety mosquitoes was just spot on yeah um i'll put it like this it's not a bad episode i liked the episode despite my criticisms um you can have a criticism on something and still like it folks believe it or not um what i would say though is if you know somebody that has not watched Big Mouth before, this is not the perfect episode for them to dive into. Do not do that to them. Um, and 
uh, they, they, for something like this, it is best to start them off on season one, episode one. Um, it's, it's, uh, so, so I like the episode. I would recommend it, but you have to see what came before it for a lot of this to make sense because I mean, coming into, into, into any show really, but, but a show like this, especially, uh, with first episode of season four, you're going to be lost and you don't want to be lost because a lot of it won't make sense unless you know the history of these characters. Exactly. So definitely it's, it's not a show where I would suggest just starting off anywhere. I would definitely go to that season one, get to know your characters because you're kind of getting them. It's interesting how they evolve um, so much in that first season. And that's because you're catching them at the cusp of these are kids and they're now going through adolescence. Mm -hmm. So it is assumed everything is innocent and you're watching all of the awkward parts uh, so definitely start there because it lets you know kind of how these kids started. Like Jessie, totally different than when she what she was in season one. And I wouldn't want this to be the first impression of Jessie because she's such a good character. I like her a lot. I, I relate to her quite a bit in a lot of ways. So I don't think it would be a good way to start is here. And, and Nick, too. Like as much as I was talking about, like he's definitely a little prick. And I know this season goes into more of that theme. But um He's also a good character and complex in his own ways, and it would be a bad, uh, bad impression to just go into this episode. Yeah. I, oh, I, I, oh go ahead. yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I forgot that scene on the beach where uh, Nick was talking to Jesse. She was trying to talk to him to get some uh, personal reassurance about yep. the the Natalie situation, but Nick just totally didn't hear a word she said but tried to act like she was talking to him about his situation and yeah. then completely walked away ignoring it and oh yeah uh, like i yeah. said he's been he's been going this route of turning into this little prick and mm -hmm. you know and it's alluded that he's been a little bit that way before but he's definitely diving into it more in the start of the season and, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I wouldn't want this to be the first impression had of really most of the characters. Because even Andrew's a little bit kind of a... I mean, he's not so bad in this episode, but he's had his moments throughout the seasons where he hasn't been the best either. So, yeah, yeah definitely but, a show, season one. Start there. Yeah, like with his cousin, but... <laughs> oh, God. Well, I mean, even, like, he was kind of awful when it came to Missy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that possessiveness and things, right? And how crazy he got about that shit. Like, he also had his moments of being a dick. So if you came into, like, the beginning of another season, Andrew's the one that's the major dick. And so guess what I'm saying is, coming into season four, it's Nick's turn to be the dick. And I wouldn't want this to be the first impression of him. Yeah. All right. And with that, we will wrap things up next week. We are going to dive into episode two here. Um, and also, like I said, too, um, it will start off as an exclusive on Patreon, but it will end up, end up eventually on our regular podcast stream. So um, we hope you enjoy our deep dive into Big Mouth. Any other uh, comments about the show, um, whether it's this episode or things that you're excited to talk about for the rest of the season? Um, I actually am really excited about the next episode and talking about Jesse's period because being, <laughs> being a girl, like, uh, there's just, there's so much to go into and it goes back into the, like, a lot of guys don't know because we don't talk about it, but there's a lot of common themes and like how you're just kind of left to discover some things on your own. And so I'm happy that somebody's covering 
how fucking ridiculous it is that like we don't talk about it to that level that this is honestly how some girls like figure out their period is very much alone um so there's that theme uh i mentioned depression kitty and the anxiety mosquitoes like jesse's story this season i want to i'm excited to talk about it because i also think it takes some of those more serious turns that i want to discuss because i think something else happened that has not been directly pointed out but i would like to point it out but we'll get there with other later episodes all right so with that we will see you folks next week thank you all for listening subscribe to friends talking already on itunes the google play music store as well as spotify remember to support friends talking nerdy on patreon goodbye darling